everyone. Welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Nisar Ahmed. Uh, this is actually episode 91 of the Career Medis Podcast, and we are continuing the A Day in the Life of series. And if you have followed us or if you have listened to any of these episodes, you know that I conduct interviews from with individuals from a particular career. And for today's episode, I'm speaking with someone in the healthcare space. Uh, our guest, Mia Albert, is a hospice liaison. Uh, she will be sharing her experience, how she got started. Actually, she will also tell us what this profession is about, uh, what are some of the benefits, challenges, etc. Um, I'm excited to learn more. I'm sure you are as well. So, hey, Mia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you today. I, before I, we get into the role, um, I know there's a lot of questions for people like me included who are hearing this for the first time. But before we get into the actual role, I'd like to hear uh, the question I always like to ask my guests is, where are they calling from? I am actually in northern Indiana. Okay. Um, so a little town called Elkhart, um, probably about a 20-minute drive from Notre Dame University. So that's kind of how people know my area through Notre Dame. I uh, I watched this movie called Rudy a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing movie. Yeah. It was about um, someone who wanted to play for the team. Uh, it was a motiv- inspirational movie. So, of course, Notre Dame University is something uh, most people in North America would know. Um, but for yeah. those of us who are unfamiliar, um, or actually maybe, maybe there's a thing that people would not know about uh, where you're from unless they've lived there. Is there something like that? Well, aside from, I mean, obviously we're very famous for Notre Dame and our our football, Notre Dame football in the big golden dome and touchdown yeah. Jesus is painted on the side of one of the buildings. Um, but outside of, of Notre Dame, I think our RV industry, recreational vehicle industry is what kind of has put us on the map. So we have a lot of, a lot of factory workers, a lot of RV factories in the area. So that we, we uh, see a lot of that industry up in this area. That's very interesting. Yeah, I like to ask that question because um, no matter where they're calling from, I've had guests from all over the world. It's always exciting to hear about the place they are calling from. There's always a different Mm -hmm. thing that I learn. Yeah. And I love to learn about your experience. But for those of us who are unfamiliar, what exactly is a hospice liaison? And I'm sure I'm not saying it right. Maybe you can correct me. Um, First of all, what exactly does someone do in that role? Uh, you absolutely are saying it correctly, hospice liaison. Okay. Um, so technically, I, a liaison is part of our marketing and growth team. However, hospice is, for those who don't know, it is actually a Medicare Part A benefit. Um, so it is something that Medicare recipients are entitled to as part of their benefit. So I'm not technically selling anything which is why we don't often use the word marketer or marketing. Uh, But what we are doing is connecting people to that benefit that they're already entitled to. So a big part of my job is educating, is being able to be out in the community, meeting with families and educating them on what the hospice benefit is and then seeing, do they qualify for that benefit? So a lot of what I do is 
not only helping my company grow, helping our patients' census grow, but also building relationships within our community. And I'm curious to hear your journey. How did you uh, get started in this particular line of work? Yeah, so um, I became a nurse about nine and a half years ago and worked in the hospital setting. Also did some kind of middle management supervisory positions and was really looking for a change. And through my own grief journey and some loss I had experienced in my life, I just really gained a heart to walk beside other grieving people. And so hospice just felt like a really good fit for me. For those that don't know, we do end-of-life care, um, comfort care for those who maybe aren't seeking curative or aggressive treatment anymore in their disease journey, but rather want to just have that comfort care and be able to enrich whatever days they have left on this earth. And also walking beside their families in that as they process through and have that, you know, go through the grieving process. So I really, really had gained a heart to to work with and walk beside those who are grieving. So that felt like a very natural next step for me in my career was going in. So I started with my company as a nurse case manager, which meant I was at the bedside in people's homes. And that is the thing about what we do. We care for people wherever they call home. So whether that's a residential home, even a homeless shelter, nursing home, assisted living facility. So I started out being at the bedside, um, getting connected with families, and then from there moved on to a what we call a nurse liaison, which is actually different than the hospice liaison. So in that role, I was doing initial meetings with patients, assessing them for eligibility um, for the Medicare criteria for our program, and doing the start of care or admitting them onto our services. And after doing that for about a year, I just, you know, felt a calling to something a little bit different and decided I just wanted to be out in the community and building, just building connections um, and helping the company grow. So that is how I kind of started out as a nurse, had some, you know, some things happen in my personal life that really drove me to have a heart and a passion to work with and within the hospice field. So I'm also curious now, what does a day-to-day look like in your role? So I do a lot of traveling. Probably, I would say 75% of what I do is travel. So I essentially have an assigned territory to me, and I travel through about three different counties. And oftentimes, I will have scheduled meetings with family. We call it a benefits discussion, which is really our initial point of contact where we get to meet people we get to explain that hospice benefit to them, uh, what it what it could look like in their particular circumstance. Um, so oftentimes I'll have meetings scheduled through my day to, to be able to meet with families. If I don't have anything scheduled, usually I'm traveling to our partner organizations, whether that's in-home caregivers, uh, nursing facilities, hospitals long-term care, assisted living, and I'm just meeting with key people in those facilities, whether that's directors of nursing, social workers, other marketing individuals, um, administrators in those buildings, case managers in the hospital, and just assessing, do they have anyone in their care that needs our assistance that would benefit from our assistance and meet that criteria? So it's a lot of just talking and, and relationship building and traveling throughout my day. Mia, you do sound very excited about your career and what you do. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of things you enjoy. 
What would you say are the top two or three things that you really, really enjoy about the role? Well, the top, I think the top thing I love about my job is the relational aspect of it, is just getting to be around people and build those relationships, not just in our facilities and with our partner organizations, but even getting to build those relationships with our prospective patients and their families. The end of someone's life can be a very, it can be very scary, but can be also very intimate. And so we get to build some pretty strong bonds with our patients and with our families. And so I just really love that relational aspect. And the other part is just getting to come back and hear how much people have benefited from the care that they received through our organization, whether that was management of physical symptoms or even, you know, social workers or spiritual caregivers going into the situation and helping maybe resolve some family turmoil. Um, So just being able to know that we really, really have made a difference in the care that we've given, not just on a physical level of managing a symptom or a disease, but even on that emotional and spiritual and mental level. So I have to ask you this question as a follow-up to what you just said, because in my experience, Mm -hmm. when I've done these interviews, uh, people do love certain parts of their jobs, but there are always challenges as well. There's the flip side. Um, Mm -hmm. Would you say there are a few like that? And if, if so, what would they be? For challenges, really one of the biggest challenges we face in hospice care is there's just not a lot of knowledge or understanding of what we do. To kind of give an example, mm-hmm. 2% of physicians, um, so of medical doctors, have any experience in hospice or end-of-life care. Um, so not wow. even, you know, in the, yeah, I mean, that's, and the fact of the matter is, 100% of us are dying. But there's very limited, even within the medical community, there's very limited knowledge of what we do in hospice care. And I think just being able to get the education out there and help people understand what hospice is because oftentimes we think of hospice as those last few days of life or we think of hospice as giving up. But really what our goal is, is to enrich lives, uh, to honor people's choices and to be able to help them enjoy whatever time they have left. We can't know. Uh, the Medicare guidelines state that someone should have a six-month or less life, less life expectancy if the disease runs its normal course. But even so, we don't know. Um, so trying to get past that stigma of, oh, if I go into hospice care, I've given up. No, what you've done is you have made a choice to enjoy your life, to enjoy your family that's around you. Um, some of the treatments, you know, for instance, in cancer care. Some of those treatments can be very hard on someone's body and they may not want to undergo all those side effects along with chemotherapy. So what we can do in hospice is we can come in and we can help manage some of the pain and under other symptoms they may be having as a result of that disease. Um, but again, even doctors think, well, if I, if I put them in hospice, I'm just giving up on them. And it's not giving up. It's really just honoring their life and helping them to be comfortable. Um, And in fact, people who receive hospice care on average statistically live one to two months longer than those who do not. So there is a huge benefit, um, you know, even just physically and emotionally from our families, but fiscally, um, it, it actually saves money for Medicare 
because there are less hospitalizations when someone is on hospice care because they have access to a nurse 24-7. So we are cutting back on a lot of hospitalizations by having them on hospice care and really saving money in the Medicare system. So honestly, education and understanding is probably one of the biggest challenges. Um, So the great thing is when I can get out and have these meetings with families and explain to them what the benefit of our care is, oftentimes they go on and they tell their friends and their family about us. um, And we kind of have that trickle down effect of people having a greater understanding of what we can do. So in many ways, you're also doing education. I mean, you're spreading the word about mm-hmm. a profession, right? And I, at the beginning of Absolutely. the interview, I felt bad that I did not know uh, what this particular field was. And I did some research and, mm-hmm. and now you're saying that to only 2% of the physicians, I mean, these are medical doctors, they know about this. So, um, I mean, so if you're doing the spreading the word, you're, uh, that's, that's an amazing feat in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Now I wanted to ask you a question. So if uh, you gave us your story, how you started off as a nurse and due to some personal reasons, you decided in this uh, career of being a hospice liaison, um, someone mm-hmm. listening to this, they want to get started. What do you recommend? How, how do you recommend they get sure. started? Well, and the thing to know about my job is while I am a nurse, you do not have to be a nurse to do this job. So a few of the different avenues that you can go about working in this field is it does require at least a bachelor's degree, but that bachelor's degree doesn't have to be in nursing. Uh, It can be in marketing. It can be in business. It can be in communication. It can also be in another health-related field. So think of like our our medical social workers that we have on our team. Many of them will, will move up from that social work role into the role of the liaison like I am doing. Um, So my recommendation from a nursing standpoint, if somebody has an interest in even going into hospice as a nurse, I'm kind of following the same track that I did. I always recommend before you come into hospice care to get some experience in the acute care setting. So whether that's a medical surgical floor in the hospital, maybe an emergency department, because there is a lot of autonomy in the hospice field, especially for nurses. So you really want to make sure that you have a solid set of assessment skills because you may not have a backup person with you to kind of say, "Mm, you know, something doesn't sound right in their lungs or I'm concerned about this high heart rate or can you help me kind of brainstorm how to get this pain under control or how to treat this wound. If you're a brand new nurse and you've not had that experience, to know how to treat these different things, you're going to have a really difficult time when you're out in the field on your own and don't necessarily have that backup. So I think if someone were to follow the same path I did while starting as, as a nurse case manager and moving into this, this job that way, I would highly recommend starting, get a couple years under your belt in the acute care setting and kind of get that experience and those assessment skills before you do that. Yeah, that's very encouraging to hear because uh, the healthcare space, most jobs, I shouldn't say most, I think many of them like uh, nursing, doctors, they need certifications and years of degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to, it's encouraging to know that you can get involved in the healthcare space without going through that. I mean, you still need a bachelor's degree. Uh, there are many right. paths to get there. So, so that's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, a follow-up. So you talked about degree. What about certifications? Um, are there certifications that people should take uh, or consider uh, to get get into this path? 
now in my particular job, no, there's not really any certifications for what we do um, unless, you know, there's some internal education and processes we go through. However, as a nurse in hospice care, there are certifications that you can get as hospice and palliative care certified nurse. It's not required to work as a hospice nurse, but it's it's going to make you more marketable. Usually there's a little bit of a pay increase and can also put you on a great track for leadership and management within the hospice field as well. Uh, so once someone gets started, uh, what is what, what is an ideal career path look like? Where can this take them? For someone in the nursing field like I am, obviously this, this can put you on the track to, to leadership, to management within within hospice. Um, there, there are several roles and steps in leadership. There's director of nursing roles or what we would call a patient care coordinator. Um, there's DPS, which would be director of professional services and administrator of your own bill, uh, you know, of your own hospice agency. And then from there, there's regional positions. So, you know, the track that, that I've kind of been on can certainly go into leadership. It also doesn't necessarily have to. For me, um, to be honest, one of the appeals with this job is I have really great balance. Um, for, you know, I'm not necessarily on call overnight and on the weekends like I was as a nurse, but I get to, you know, have my evenings and my weekends free to be able to be with my family. Um, so for me right now, this is just kind of the goal being in this position, but it's certainly, there's certainly a lot of room for growth in hospice. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of room to just get into some leadership and, and move into some different roles. I mean, personally, when I started as a nurse case manager, I had no inclination that I would ever be in the role that I am right now. But it sort of one day just hit me, you know, I'd really love to be able to be out in the community and just offer that education and that understanding of what we do and just be able to build relationships and help our, our team grow. Okay. We have looked at a, a, a lot of information here. And one of the final questions I have for you, Mia, is what advice will you give to someone who wants to get into this field? In hospice care, I would say one of the most important things would really be, you know, I had talked about, you know, kind of having those good, solid assessment skills, you know, as I had talked about a little bit ago, but I think the other thing that's so important in hospice care is really good self-care. Because you are walking beside grieving families, um, there's a tendency to take on a lot of that grief yourself. And because we do build such close relationships with our patients and with their families, we have to make sure that we are decompressing ourselves, you know, that at the end of the day, we're going home and we're taking care of ourselves, Um, you know, whether that's reading a good book or at the end of the week, you know, just unwinding, going out with, with friends or family. Um, but that self-care is such an important part of what we do um, and help, good healthy boundaries too. That's healthy for any nurse, any, anyone working in the healthcare field, but especially with what we do because we are in people's homes and so often people perceive their hospice workers, whether that's the home health aide that's giving the bath, the nurse that's helping manage symptoms, the social worker who is just being that emotional support or their spiritual care who's coming in to pray and read scripture. They very much families will view those workers as family too. Um, so the lines can get a little bit blurred with what we do, um, you know, and, and as innocently as it may seem to give your your cell phone number to a family member, 
that kind of opens you up to being called after hours on the weekends. And so if you don't have that good boundary to recognize, you know, I, I can't take these calls when I'm off shift, you know, I can, this is my time that's set aside for my family. You can burn out really easily if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not setting those really good, healthy boundaries. And, you know, we want our families to trust us. They want us to feel safe with us. Um, but it's also important for us to recognize that we have our own families that need to be able to trust us and feel safe with us, too. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good advice. And that is so true because sometimes in healthcare, everyone in healthcare, most people do work long hours and having that balance mm-hmm. and to avoid burnout is very, very important. So um, yeah, thanks for sharing openly all about your career um, and your day-to-day and, and all the things that you enjoy. Uh, it's been a great mm-hmm. interview, very, very educational, uh, even for, just for myself as, as well. So I'd like to thank you. And before we wrap up, Mia, any last words for the audience? You know, I would, I would, I think probably one of the most important things I just want to share is don't be afraid of hospice. Um, Don't let that be a scary word for you. My hope is that just hearing a little bit of my story that we, that I've been able to give some understanding into what we do um, and seeing that it is something that it's not a death sentence. It's not giving up hope, but rather it's just choosing to enrich your life and be able to enjoy your life. So I hope that for me sharing, I'm hoping that we've been able to educate a few more people so that hospice doesn't have to be such a scary thing. Sounds good. Uh, that was an amazing advice and great call to action. Uh, Mia, thanks for joining us and sharing your story. I mean, we wish you the best in your career as you grow uh, in hospice liaison. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks, folks, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis podcast. Uh, I have written a brief summary of the interview as part of a blog post on, on our website. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or review. And if you really, really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this amongst your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis podcast. Thank you.